All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition, the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. This is kind of a special episode today. This is kind of a special episode. Now, it's a regularly planned one, but the last couple weeks, all I've gotten to talk about was losses, previewing the next game. We lost to TCU. We lost to Baylor. This week, and now, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, we did talk about our win over Northwestern State, but to be fair, Everybody beats Northwestern State in basketball. Well, unless you're TCU, they didn't today. But not only do we get to talk about our win over Kansas, we beat them 43-28, but we also get to talk about a couple good basketball wins. We beat Texas Southern, uh, who was a tournament team a year ago, 78-54. They actually beat Arizona State since we beat them. And then we beat Louisiana Tech. I'm recording this Monday night, uh, so we beat them earlier this tonight, 64-55. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Texas Tech technically still alive for the Big 12 title. Now, the odds aren't good, and it's not going to happen, but they are technically still alive with just two games to go. How long has it been since you've been able to say that? Uh, So we'll talk about our win over Kansas. We'll preview our game in Ames this week in a bit. And then uh, we'll talk a bit about the last two basketball games that we had and uh, what we've learned heading into this tournament in Maui coming up on Monday. All right, so starting with our win over Kansas on Saturday night, we beat them 43-28. It wasn't the prettiest of wins. It wasn't our best performance against Kansas ever, but it was a 15-point win over a Kansas Jayhawks team that was 6-3, and with wins over West Virginia, Houston, both on the road, Duke, Iowa State at home, and a win over Oklahoma State. So it was a quality win with our, I, I don't even know what to say at this point with our quarterback situation because I feel like Barron's our starter, but I don't know if you can call Tyler Shuck a backup when he was literally the starter for week one then just lost his job because he got injured. But we'll go with, it was a matchup of backup quarterbacks between Jason Bean and Tyler Shuck. And I will say, Tyler Shuck looked much, much better than that little stint we saw him in against Baylor. And I didn't think he was that bad against TCU, but he still looked better than he did against TCU by far. He went 20 of 33 with a touchdown today. He also showed some mobility. And now, this is one thing I will say about Shuck. You can tell this guy's a hard worker. You can tell he's a hard worker. He had 12 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. His long was an 18-yard run. This guy, when the pocket collapsed, was moving up, finding spaces, and running for it. And for a guy coming off the injuries he's had the last two years, you got to give it up for him. For a guy who lost his job due to injuries, had two pretty bad injuries the last couple years, and he, he's still willing to run it, still willing to take hits. you got to give it up for Shuck there. Um, really, just a good performance. I'll go through some key moments of the game in a bit. We almost let it slip away. We almost let it slip away. Um, but the defense came up huge. The offense came up when they needed to. And it, there was a moment a kind of early on in the fourth, maybe five minutes in, maybe towards the middle of the fourth, seven, eight minutes into the fourth, where you just thought, man, this is what we've seen before. 
where we're in it with Kansas State, we're in it with Oklahoma State, we're in it even kind of with NC State, but we're really in it with Baylor and TCU, and then we just fall apart in the fourth quarter. And this one we actually had a lead in. It wasn't like it was a 50-50 toss-up game or that the other team had the edge. You just thought, man, are we going to blow this game? I've seen this script before. Not just with Joey McGuire teams, but with Matt Wells teams, with Cliff Kingsbury teams. I've seen this script before. And that's, they flipped the script. They flipped the script on Saturday night. So the first big play I want to start with, it was kind of a third and nine situation. Kansas is in field goal range. We're up 10 to seven late on in the four, in the first quarter. And it looks like Kansas may be able to get an edge on us. They go with an option, which we've fallen for a few times. Our defense just hasn't been able to cope with that this year. And it's just completely blown up. Really good coverage. Um, the first defender takes Jason Bean completely out of the play, forces him to pitch it, and then the rabbit is right there to take the hit. And by the way, I'm going to cut in, change subject, just real quick. Per Don Williams, the rabbit is saying that he wants to come back and use his COVID year. That is an all Big 12 caliber of player. He'll be back next year, and we saw it on that play. But that, that was a huge play because if they get the first down, if they get a touchdown, take a lead in the first quarter after how well we started that with the Donovan Smith run up the middle, a nice throw to Nehemiah Martinez, whose first name I mispronounced a few weeks ago. It's Nehemiah. Um, you, you just don't know what happens to the momentum there and where the game goes from that. So that was a huge stop. And obviously after that, Kansas doinks another field goal. Well, their first doink. They had a second doink later in the game. But, and then just responding with a Sir Roderick Thompson touchdown, all of a sudden it's 17-7, momentum's completely on our side. That was just, that play by Rabbit, the read by the defense, that was huge by them. That was a massive play in this game. The next one that I thought was big, and by the way, Zach Hitley had a comeback performance today, um, or not today, on Saturday. I, I do that all the time. I'm really excited to talk about basketball today, so I'll be able to say today and be right. But with about nine and a half minutes left in the first half, up 17-7, I really love this three tight end set design. On the left side, shucks out of shotgun. We have Cup. We have Teeter. We, we just have Mason Tharp running in behind all of them. It's behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he just takes it in for an easy one-yard touchdown on first and goal. I really like that design. We have three good tight ends. And Mason Tharp is the weakest blocker out of the bunch. I don't know whether he's going to be a really good blocker by his sophomore year. He very, or not his sophomore year, by his senior year. He's only a sophomore. He very well may be a really good blocker by his senior year. But at, right now, Cup and Teeter are definitely the better blocking tight ends. I'm glad we utilized them blocking and just got Cup in there. He's probably maybe not the best pass catcher, but he's right there with Baylor Cup. I thought that was a really good play to design by Zach Kitley. And just another massive sequence. Three plays here. End of the first half. I'm thinking we're in big trouble at this point because... Kansas has the momentum. Now it's 24-21. They've scored back-to-back touchdowns. They got the ball back again. I remember I just kept thinking, man, are we going to – are we really 
because Kansas got the ball to start the second half. Are we going to be down two possessions by the next time we touch the ball? Because just everything was going Kansas's way. Everything was going Kansas's way. Uh, they get a penalty on them, and then Kosai Eldridge, huge interception on the boundary. I think he's one of one of the most improved players on this team, on the defensive side of the ball this year. And that was huge. And not only do we get the interception, but then Tyler Shuck steps back, completes about 30, 35-yard pass, Trey Cleveland on the boundaries. And I will tell you what, we may be kicker you now because Trey Wolf from 51 yards, never a doubt in that field goal. Really, as soon as he kicked it, never a doubt. Trey Wolf, that's a guy, he had to be our short yardage, more accurate kicker was in a full-on kicking battle this year. Man, there's no doubt. <laughs> I mean, there hasn't been any doubt in a while that he's a starter. But, man, he will make some clutch kicks. He's, he's missed a couple this year, as do all kickers. But, man, from 51 yards, when he was going to be our short yardage kicker, that is something. Then, in the third quarter, up 27-21, second and, I believe, five may have been six. Tyler Shuck from the nine-yard line, pocket collapses on him, just scrambles up the middle, gets the touchdown, tackled as he goes in. I'll, I'll tell you what, when you got a quarterback the age of Tyler Shuck that lost, lost his job, was still congratulating teammates on the sideline, still being a good teammate, and then just laying it all on the line, and even Donovan Smith, too, who after beating Texas, lost his job, has come in, decided to fill his role. That is a culture thing. And the athletes aren't quite there yet, but you can see the culture being built in this team. Never gave up against Baylor, never gave up against TCU, even when Baron Morton went down and things weren't going their way. They fought till the end, and then we saw that again today. But at that point, it's 34-21, looks like Tech got it, and not so fast, not so fast. Not so fast at all. Kansas came out with a ferocious comeback. Jason Bean made one of the better plays I've ever seen a quarterback make. Escaped multiple sacks, threw a complete dime in the end zone on the sideline on on what? Third and 20? It may have been third and goal from the 20. And just a great catch on the sideline. Like, no denying that. Our defense, they had chances to stop that play early on. And then... Didn't quite get it, and the offense just made a great play. You tip your hat, but at that point, you're thinking, yep, seen this story before, what's going to happen now? And what happened was the offense came out and responded, Then after the offense responded, the defense responded. So offense responds with a nice drive to get a field goal. At this point, it is 36-28. to 28. Kansas has the ball. About their own 25 with about four and a half minutes to go. First play, Josiah Pierre. And I'm sorry if I mispronounce his first name. I know his last name's Pierre. We haven't heard his name called much since he put on a tech uniform. But man, he had a strip sack and Jalen Hutchings comes up with it. Nearly takes it in. And not only that, but on third and goal, we go with a nice draw. Taj Brooks, touchdown, game over. It's all done and dusted at that point, and pff, that was such a relief because you were worried about that. Offense made it an eight-point game saying, all right, worst that happens, we're going to overtime. Best that happens, we're getting the ball up eight. 
uh, medium tier, uh, we get the ball in a tie game with a minute to go. And the defense just responded. I mean, I'll tell you what, our defensive line can get out after the quarterback. And one good sign for us, one really good sign, because Tyree Wilson, who is a stud, was carted off with an injury before that, and our defensive line still in that moment could get pressure. I'm impressed by that. I really am. I've known that Bradford, Hutchings, all those guys up there are studs. I've been waiting for Pierre to go off. They did in that moment. And credit to those guys. Um, You know, when Tyree Wilson goes out, it's easy to hang your head. They never did. And Texas Tech gets the win, and it is a big win. Because here's why it's so big for us. Here's why it's so big. We lose that game. We have to win two straight games at Iowa State and home to Oklahoma. Both winnable games, don't get me wrong. We have to win both of those games to even make a bowl game. Now, if we win one of our next two, that is our best record in conference play since 2015. If we can win both of them now, not only is that our best record, in conference play since 2015. That's our best record in conference play since 2009 and when we went 5-3. and three. So that was a huge win. The program is clearly on an upward trajectory. God, that, that word was tough for me to say. I am sorry. But anyways, um, now we have a chance. Joey McGuire has a chance. If he just goes one and one in his next two and two winnable games, two games will probably be dogs in by still like our chances in both games. We should win one of the next two. We could win both of them. If he can win one of them, he has given us our best conference record since 2015. Something Cliff Kingsbury couldn't do. Something Matt Wells couldn't do. And that's in year one. I want to talk about some individual players, and then I'll talk about the scenario that could get us into the Big 12 title game. It's not going to happen, but you know what? F it. You're you're probably driving to work. Uh, Let's have fun and discuss it. Tyler Shuck, I already said it, 20 of 33, 246 yards touchdown. Uh, He also had 12 carries for 76 yards. Um, I feel confident if he's starting. I feel confident if any of the three are starting. I still think Baron Warren's the best player. I think when Baron Morton's 100%, you throw him in. Because, no offense to Shuck, this was against a bad Kansas defense. But I, I do have confidence that Shuck can win us games. I have confidence in all three guys. Whoever's under center, I'm going to be rooting for. Baron Morton's still the future. He is. He was just injured. Um, he's an emergency quarterback for next week in Ames. So he likely won't play. But he would be available. He may be available for OU. If we beat Iowa State, I think you ride with Shuck. Um, but Sir Roderick Thompson, he only got seven carries for 68 yards and a touchdown, a long of 36. So he's insanely effective. Tosh Brooks, 16 carries, 51 yards, 3.2 carry, one touchdown. Wasn't quite his night, but he did have that big touchdown to put it away. Which, hey, if you don't need to put it on a kicker's foot, and I know I raved about Trey Wolf, but if you can... Leave it off of a kicker's foot. You leave it off of a kicker's foot every single time, no matter what the kick is. Um, and then Cameron Valdez. How about this guy? 11 carries for 66 yards. Six yards a carry. 
and his lung was 18. So it wasn't like one run just inflated those numbers. He was solid throughout. And I'll tell you what, so Roderick Thompson does have a COVID year. He can play for us next season. And I don't mean any disrespect in this because he is a leader. He is a great running back. One of our better running backs that we've ever had. I'm okay if we have to run with Valdez and Brooks and some younger guys that we have in that position. Uh, Bryson Donnell comes to mind. I'm okay if Sir Roger Thompson leaves and it's like, okay, Taj Brooks is the number one. Valdez is 1B. And then we have Bryson Donnell. Um, I'm very happy with that core. Uh, receiving Xavier White, four receptions for 70 yards. Uh, Fungi, five receptions for 52. He did drop that. Ah, man, that touchdown. It should have been a touchdown. He dropped a touchdown. It wouldn't have been easy. I, I think he was worried more about his feet positioning, and that's why he dropped it. But, ah, man, wish he would have got that. Miles Price across, in the slot, five receptions, 43 yards. Nehemiah Martinez, and I'm sorry for saying Niemi. That's an old San Jose Sharks gold goalie. Uh, but he had two two catches for 36 yards. Both of them were very effective catches, by the way. Um, and then Trey Cleveland, a catch for 35 yards. Sir Roger Thompson, one catch for seven yards. Mason Tharp, two catches for three yards, but one of them was a touchdown. Trey Wolf, money as always. Three for three, 51 yards is long, four for four on the extra points. Um, McNamara had three punts, averaging 46.7, including a 63-yard punt. He got a heck of a roll. He was almost kicking that out of his own end zone. And it ended up at like their 30, 25-yard line. It was a huge punt to flip the field position. Um, overall, a great day by this offense. Um, and I'll tell you what, Zach Kitley needed it. Zach Kitley really needed that. Because doubts were starting to creep in. I think he kind of silenced the doubts. I think he silenced the doubts. But at least for now. Now, if he puts up a clunker against Iowa State, we'll talk. But Tyree Wilson getting injured, and I'll tell you what, he got carted off. Joey McGuire said he's not ruled out of OU yet. And it wouldn't shock me if he tried to give it a go for some snaps against OU. It won't be his normal workload. But he was talking earlier this year that he's just focused on the season and NFL will come. I believe him when he says that. Says that. Jeez, I'm sorry. Says that. Uh, because he has left it all on the field every time he stepped out there. But, and I'm sure that he wants the senior day thing. I'm sure he wants a win over OU on senior day. I'm sure he does. But when you're a top 10 possibly, definitely a top 20 pick in the NFL draft, he's going to the senior bowl. I also want him to protect his future. He's given everything he has for Texas Tech. If what we saw on Saturday was it from him, I got to stand up, take my cap off, and applaud him for what he's given Texas Tech in his time here. It would be great to see him get some snaps against OU. I doubt it will be his normal workload. I think he should sit out the bowl game if we get there. I know some people will say, oh, what is this? It's not the team atmosphere. No, but he's given his all to the team. He's given everything he has to this team. He's taken an injury. I want to see this guy be successful. I want to see him make millions in the NFL. 
And it starts with being a first round draft pick, which I think he will be. Um, so now if he plays in the bowl game, gets a knock and ends up going 33rd overall to my Texans, I won't complain. And then he'll light it up. But I, I think at this point he needs to protect his future. That's enough about Kansas. I've gone over 20 minutes talking about our game against Kansas. And look, let that be a testament to the Jayhawks program and how they've rebounded. But a huge win. There is a still a scenario on how we make the Big 12 title game. Now, we need nine things to go our way. Here's what it is. TCU beats Baylor. West Virginia beats Kansas State. Kansas beats Texas. Texas Tech beats Iowa State. Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State. That's just this week. If we can get all five of those, we are still alive. Then we need Texas to beat Baylor, Kansas to beat Kansas State, Texas Tech to beat Oklahoma, and West Virginia to beat Oklahoma State. So, in other words, it's not happening, but we're still technically alive at this point in the season, which it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. Just to tell you how unlikely it is, I chalked up a five-leg parlay. Um, I, I didn't place the bet, but... The odds of us getting through this week and still having a chance of the Big 12 title are plus 6,828. So a $10 bet would win you over $680. So it's not happening. Um, but it is cool that it's still technically alive. And the fact that a win over Iowa State, and this is our best Big 12 record, our best Big 12 record since 2015, seven years. That is something. That is something. And if we beat OU too, that's our best record. And guess what? 13 years. I had to do some math, so I left a little bit of suspense there. But our best Big 12 record since 2009, that's still what is ahead of this team in year one of Joey McGuire. It hasn't all been pretty. I think Zach Hitley doesn't quite have the athletes he wants for his office system yet and I don't think that Joey McGuire has his athletes on the O-line especially and then some on the defensive end to be able to keep up for a full 60 minutes like we've seen earlier this year and I think that's why we're effective against Kansas in the second half on defense because they are a team short on scholarships I, I think it was last year they had about 42 scholarship players I think they've gotten that number up but they're still not a deep team, and we did our job. We held them to seven points in the second half against a pretty explosive Kansas offense. So, good day at the office. Moving on to Iowa State, and we're going to have a special podcast where I preview the Maui Invitational with my friend that went to Creighton. Uh, he knows a lot about Creighton basketball, so we'll preview that. Uh, that's going to come out on Friday. I'll record that on Thursday. Um so I'll preview it more in-depth then. But it's going to be an ugly game. It's cold. They have a really good defense. We don't have a good offensive line. Um, we're missing Tyree Wilson, which I think, dang, I want Tyree Wilson to make Hunter Decker's life a living hell for three and a half hours on Saturday. We're not going to get that. I do think that we beat Iowa State. I'll give you more in-depth analysis later in the week. I do think we get Iowa State, uh, but I don't think it's a pretty game. I think it's a one-possession game. 
I do think we are a better team. I think right now we have the better culture than them as well. Um, moving on to basketball, it was a good day, a good week to be a Texas Tech basketball fan because TCU also lost. Now, I will say on TCU's loss before I get into what Texas Tech did, TCU, I I don't think they're bad. They're missing a couple players, but they are missing a key playmaker and one injury to one of their scoring guards, and they're in real trouble. So I think they'll be better than what they've shown so far when we see them in conference play. But if they get an injury, and no. And they had two injuries and lost to Northwestern State. We had TJ Shannon and Kevin McColl were injured last year, and we beat Kansas. So I'm just going to say that's where I think both programs are. Um, moving on, our game against Texas Southern. We got better in the turnover department. Uh, Kevin O'Banner had 13 points. Jalen Tyson, who has been good. He's really impressed me. I'm excited to see what he can do against better opposition because we we haven't faced anybody great yet. We haven't. The last two games were actually decent opponents. Texas Southern did beat Arizona State after we beat them, but he got 13 points. Harmon got 12. Bacha got 7. Isaacs got 6. I'll talk about Isaacs. Uh, Elijah Fisher, seven points. Uh, Williams, five points. Walton, five points. Kerwin Walton has really impressed me. I thought that he would just be a spot-up shooter. There's way more to his game than just spot-up shooting. K.J. Allen, I've loved what he's done. He's kind of our third big man. He was making plays, getting blocks, getting rebounds. He got four points against Texas Southern. Washington, four points. Jennings, two points. You don't learn much from these games, but you can learn bits and pieces. And then against Louisiana Tech, O'Banner 15 points, Harmon 15. I think our offense needs to run against Harmon. Or not run against. What am I saying? Run through Harmon. Um, He's a playmaker. He went 6 of 8 from the field today. 1 of 3 from 3. And I will say, I love that I'm recording after the game. So when I say that it happened today, it's actually true. But Pop Isaacs got 10 points. He hit some clutch shots. He hit two threes that were like, man, it's nice to have shooters. Bacho got nine points. Tyson got seven. Uh, Walton got another five. Walton's a good bit player for us, I think. He's a good guy coming off the bench. Fisher, another three points. He looked good. He looked good. He didn't get much run. Uh, he only took one shot, but it was a three that he nailed. Um it was a bit more of a serious game. We only had seven guys on the score sheet. And I will say, this win over Louisiana Tech, if we're a four or five seed in the tournament, I could see this Louisiana Tech team winning the Conference USA tournament. I really could. I really could. And they're, they could be the type of team we face in the first round if we're a four or five seed in the tournament. Now, I think we have three seed potential, maybe even two seed potential, obviously. But I think we could very well see a team like Louisiana Tech in the first round of the tournament. I'll tell you what, it got to within one point. I think they had two or three shots in the second half that they could have taken the lead. And it was really good to see a young team to respond the way Texas Tech did tonight. To get tested a bit for a young team, I think that's really good. Going to help them in Maui. And now, my criticisms, my criticisms... Pop Isaacs, insane potential. He's flashed it. 
Way too many turnovers from this guy. I'm sorry, he had five in the first game, four in the second game. Uh, what do you have in this game? He had another four. Sorry, I thought it was going to be four. Yeah, no, it was four. So he has a combined 13 turnovers in his first three games. And now he was injured, so he didn't get all the practice time. But that is concerning to me. And I want our offense to run through Harmon. He seems better with the ball than Pop Isaacs is. Uh, Harmon, for example, he had one turnover today and he had six assists. Pop Isaacs had four assists, four turnovers. You cannot survive with a point guard having a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. And Pop Isaacs, there is a very good chance, very good chance by March he has... He is the best point guard we've had in a long time at Texas Tech. There really is. But right now, he is too raw to trust against the Creightons, the Arkansas, the Ohio States, the San Diego States of the world. He's just too raw. I think he would get picked apart in Maui at this moment if he was trusted to run our offense completely. It has to go through Harmon. And he is, I've seen this comparison from other people, he is kind of like the Lorenzo Diase of point guards for us. And for a guy who, there's allegedly attitude issues before, and it wasn't anything I bought into, because he was really good friends with Drew Steffi. So it wasn't anything I bought into too much, but that was a concern. You can see by the way he reacts to his teammates. I don't think that's going to be a concern for this team. I want the offense running through Harmon in Maui. And then I want Pop Isaacs to have the offense run through him for the rest of non-conference play to get him up to speed. But we have games in Maui to win. I think we need the offense run through Harmon. And that's about going to do it for us. Um, I will actually be back here Friday. Um, it will be released on Friday. We'll have a preview of Maui, the Maui Invitational. We'll preview the entire bracket, every team in there. It's going to be a fun tournament. It's kind of like uh, getting ready for the Big 12 tournament a bit. Um, not important. Not as important, I don't think. Not as regionalized. You don't know the teams as well. But three games in three days, it's a good chance for us to get ready for the atmosphere that we're going to see in Kansas City. Um, good chance for some young guys to get used to a neutral court. And I think it's going to get us ready for the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament as a whole. So I will be back here. Um, the next podcast will be released on Friday. And thanks for listening.